What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Happy holidays to you and your family. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'll be joined by Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. You can follow Josh on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. We will review the last AEW versus NXT for 2019. And um, interesting, from Corpus Christi, from AEW, and from Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida, Two terrific shows, and we'll review them right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'd like to remind you, if you haven't done so by now, we've been talking about it so much in 2019, you should subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you download your podcast, tell people that we're talking wrestling twice a week now, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Uh, Follow on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT, also on the YouTube page, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. We can use use a lot more subscribers on the YouTube page. We're trying to grow this thing into 2020. So if you've missed some of our previous episodes, check it out on the YouTube page as well. YouTube.com. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Let me call Josh and we'll get underway as we take a look at AEW versus NXT. Please be joined with Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And don't forget to uh, bookmark that. Uh, check it out before and after a lot of events around wrestling. If you miss something, it's always there covered for you at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. The Hoots Podcast is with me right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hello, Josh. Not damn, pal. The hottest show in town. Hood and Lopez. It is. <laughs> We're going for the, the award in 2020. Yeah, we're, we're taking the business over, pal. <laughs> H&L, H&L. <laughs> Man, you know, um, this has been a very interesting year, 2019, for pro wrestling because it does feel like the old territory days where you have so many different uh, options. It, it is really heated up. AEW coming on the scene in 2019, just making things a lot interesting uh, in the wrestling business. You know, I, I, I happen to call myself a student of the game, not not for gimmick purposes. It's a, it's a life mantra I have to myself, Hoodie. Um, you know, and there's only so much research I could have done on the AWA or Mid-South or Crockett, you know. But it's another thing to actually experience what we're actually going through right now as wrestling fans. You, you lived that period where you had more than WWE on television when you were a younger kid or yeah. my age at the time. So <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not new to this. But for me, as a still a young lad in this uh, wrestling world, it's kind of a cool experience to see where this is going. We're at the embryonic stages of this new wrestling boom period for this territorial system. Um, there's good things and bad things, but that comes with the pro wrestling business. But it's been a fun uh, year so far. Yeah, I want to make sure as an old schooler that that people understand, like, you know, as if there's some things you like or don't like about wrestling, that's how it was back in the day, too. Like, every, right. every believe me, the difference between the two, me as a kid and you as a young person watching wrestling is, is that we didn't have access to all of this unless you were a tape trader. 
And I was never into that. I was not a tape trade. I didn't know somebody that had an underground system to get Florida wrestling or get wrestling from from a different territory. So I wouldn't know anything about that. But I read about it in the magazines. But now the access is all over, online, on cable and satellite. So you can be able to see all this stuff as it happens. So that even in the, in the back in the day, there was some good wrestling, but there was some bad wrestling out there as well. And so... I just think that it's great that we all have a choice as a wrestling fan to see what we want and sample what we want. Were there platforms for shows like this back then or no? Um, no. Uh, you know what? There was just there were wrestling radio shows sporadically across the country, and it would be buried like on a Sunday night. Um, I get the most recent example is Jim Ross's. Uh, radio show on WSB in Atlanta uh, in the late, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. Um, New York had a wrestling show also um, that was, you know, buried late. So obviously there was no podcast, but there would be wrestling shows, platforms, you know, really late where program directors like, I sports guy likes wrestling, just put it on. Philadelphia had a very popular show in the 80s where they had the, the sportscaster had a, you know, a wrestling show at a restaurant. Um, but but not that very many because people looked at wrestling and said, no, this is not anything that should be talked about. But now it's wide open for us to talk about everywhere. Right. You know, that's one thing I would like to see more of actually in 2020 doesn't matter what market it is or what time slot it is i think for where we are as the business right now and um you know wwe (laughs) it's kind of crazy to think about it from a year ago would you think that wwe would have a part of a new year special on fox hosted by steve harvey (laughs) or it's not (laughs) just a wrestling show but it's like it's so crazy where we are as a wrestling landscape right now i think having more wrestling talk radio shows would be a good thing for the business right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, podcast helps, but also being on the main stage on radio also helps the business as well um, because it's hard to ignore when you have a show on Fox, you get a show on the Turner Bleach Report um, platform. So it's hard to ignore because it's it's everywhere now. It's on BN Sports. So it's a lot of different spots for sure. Um, Let's talk about these two shows with AEW and NXT. Uh, with, With NXT for sure, it's the greatest visual I think that we've seen in 2019. One of the greatest visuals to see Rhea Ripley win the women's championship against Shayna Baszler. Absolutely, and you know, for out of the gate when uh, they started the Wednesday Night Wars, and it was the uh, the momentum building for AEW since they were the new show in town, and they were going to get that early buzz uh, off the gates when this new war started, but. I think NXT in uh, this past ep- this past week's episode is the perfect reason why I felt like NXT's built more of a consistent momentum with their shows as this year's finished, as opposed to AEW. And it looks and look at it the the show we just watched the other night. You start out the show off the game with a hot NXT title match with Adam Cole and Finn Balor, and you got a big return with Johnny Gargano, and then you bookend it. With what you just said right there with Rhea Ripley becoming the NXT Women's Champion and putting an end to a really, uh, um, I don't know what you call it historic, but a really, really well tiring that Shayna Baszler had as NXT Women's Champion. So it was a really good night in Orlando. I didn't want to see that match until the Royal Rumble 
or even right. even WrestleMania, because that. But that's just old school to me. I don't. I didn't need to see Rhea Ripley win the title this past Wednesday. But I understand you want to go into twenty twenty hot, and Rhea Ripley is that face. Rhea Ripley's not new to us because we saw her in NXT UK, and we right. said at the time when she's twenty one, twenty two. Oh my God! Look at this chick. She. I mean, she. She looks good. She's. She's. Um. Still raw. But still has that look, that ability to be able to be champion. Like when she lost the NXT UK Women's Championship so quickly to Tony Storm, I'm like, ah, why? Give her a chance to build a little bit. But I think that Triple H saw something even bigger for her, and I'm happy for her because I, we saw her from the the ground floor to where she is right now, and it's it's great because even though, by the way, I don't see her as a baby face yet. I know that she is. But here's the thing, she is going to grow into this badass mosh pit kid that people will really enjoy. I, I think Bully Ray said it perfectly the other day on Busted Open. She's just over now. Yeah. Whether she's a baby face or a heel, she's just over. And to have a organic type of uh, connection that she has with the audience right now at her age and where she at as a performer, even then she still has ways where she can grow as a performer. And that's kind of a scary thing because, you know, when you look at Charlotte, she started the business later in her life where she wasn't a young spring like Rhea Ripley, but Charlotte was so naturally talented. So, so you knew she was going to be uh, looked and perceived as the top tier superstar. Here you already got Rhea Ripley who be the face of your women's division for the next decade. And we're barely scratching the surface of how talented she could be as a performer. And and by the way, hats off to Shayna Baszler. Did it her way, Josh. It is I yes. call her like, you know, modern moolah because she's had the championship for so long. Uh, but, I mean, it, and you watch a lot of wrestling like I do. There's nobody in wrestling like Shayna Baszler. There's no high-flying. There is no – isn't the typical color-by-numbers WWE wrestling when she's in there because she has yeah. her own style. And so, you know, I, I, I know that she's going to a main roster. I'd like to see how that's going to work um, because – a lot of the women in, in the WWE and wrestling period, they have a certain style. It's fast. It it, it's, it it moves quickly. And Baszler goes at her own pace. That's what made her unique, which I really like about wrestling because everything should not be the same. Baszler was different. Yeah, and I, I noticed that when she first started wrestling, um, and what, what I appreciate about Shayna Baszler is what you just said. She does it her own way where she's not trying to appease anybody. Yeah, her character is that she's a uh, heel and everybody hates her, but she's just a badass. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't care she doesn't care who she fights or when when the situation is. She uh you know, yeah, she has the pairing with the horsewomen and they do heel taxes and all that fun stuff, but still when it comes to defending titles and having serious wrestling matches on pay-per-view i don't think there's a, another woman on the wwe roster that performs like her on that stage no it's just it's just very unique and and without hyperbole i will tell you josh uh someone like baszler would have gotten over in the 70s mm-hmm. in the 80s on um, never not the 90s as much as far as in-ring style unless she was in japan but I, i'm just telling you like that's the kind of style where it's not a lot of flips. It's just straight-ahead wrestling. 
and submission wrestling. And that, to me, that makes her so unique. And I'm just, I'm happy for her because that title reign was pretty strong. I'm also happy for her for a personal standpoint because she's a big wrestling fan like you and I are, too. That doesn't get mentioned a lot on the programming uh, besides her friendship with Ronda Rousey, but uh, Shayna Baszler is like a mark like you and I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I could be happier. If, if you ask her that she would be main eventing and winning the main event of Survivor Series uh, a month ago and then having this title reign, uh, she'd probably be marking out for herself, too. So <laughs> I, I could be happy for her. Um. When I watch Cameron Grimes and defeat Kushida, you know what was missing in wrestling today a lot of is is the oh shit. It's the oh my god. I that came out of nowhere. Cameron Grimes win against Kushida and you and I both know the reputation of Kushida in New Japan and and how good he was and for Cameron Grimes to get that win in the bottom of the ninth with that cave-in stomp. It's like you know, that that gives you hope for wrestling in the future where it's not so predictable. Like, I, I had no idea he was going to win that match. But to see Cameron Grimes win the way he did, uh, the the new age Dutch Mantel, uh, as, as, as hairy as he is. I mean, I, I was happy because that was a really good matchup because it, it surprised me. Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of curious to see how uh, Trevor Lee, Cameron Grimes, was going to be presented when he came down to NXT because when he was at uh, Impact he was just part of a little group with Shane Helms like I know he was the X division champion from here and there but he never was looked or put in a position where he was going to be one of the ma- major guys on this show and what I like about Cameron Grimes is that uh, yeah he has sudden impact moves but I like a lot of wrestlers um Maybe it's just the way he structured out his matches. It makes sense when he does counter a certain move. And it's not just high spots. Like I, It was a really good technical match with Kishina, but it also felt like a fight, too. So that's what I appreciated about that match. Really, really well done. It really done well done. And the fight was over. Who's going to get the hat at the end of the night? Who gets the le- who gets the leather hat? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, who gets I'm petty hat? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so that that was good. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to to seeing in 2020. Josh is um is more um, punishment Martinez, more Damian Priest. Uh, that went against Killian Dane. Maybe that rivalry that feuds over. Maybe not. I just that was really physical, entertaining. Um, I want to see more Damian Priest because look at him. Look how imposing he is. Really right. great to watch. And here's a match that had like a slow burn into the 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 high um, energy parts of that match. Uh, I'm glad it got multiple segments. They had the pitcher and pitcher thing going on during that match. But uh, you just felt the momentum in the crowd going through that match. And it was a big victory for Damian Priest. And uh, I think he has a lot of talent. Um I think it's another uh, name that's added to the list of superstars, of of wrestlers that could have made a bigger impact and put Ring of Honor on a bigger platform. But (laughs) that's another show for another time. True. Um, Good to see that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic will be returning in 2020. I was wondering, we were wondering about that, right? How does that work? Looks like it's returning. God damn, pal. We got to make that announcement the same night that we're going against AEW, man. I guess, I guess, I don't know. I just, I thought that that was that was interesting. Um, 
Yeah, so I, uh, but but you know what? Here, here's the thing. Like, well, first of all, let's start from the beginning. I don't okay. know why that there was a Dusty Rhodes tag team classic. Dusty Rhodes is not known as a tag team wrestler, but they wanted to get Dusty's name in there to do something to honor him. So I get that. Um, I don't know. I just I'm glad that they're gonna do it, but it's gonna be the New Year's Day edition of NXT in a couple weeks. Can you picture if it was the Terry Taylor? Uh, <laughs> no, I can't picture that. What what the the winner getting a um, getting a rooster suit to put on? Oh God! <laughs> I don't know what was bad or worse, the gobbly gooker, the red rooster, or whatever's in this burlap sack that Eric Rowan keeps walking around with. Like, <laughs> well, definitely the gobbly gooker. Definitely, definitely the gobbly gooker for sure. That that needs to be someone needs to do an entire. It, it won't be us because we'll be yeah. listening to it. But someone needs to do a two-hour <laughs> podcast on Terry Taylor. Boy, what what a stooge! Everywhere he goes, it is amazing. I'm surprised Conrad hasn't brought him up because every time you listen to a podcast he does, he's like, I don't know if we'll be able to talk about this guy again. <laughs> yeah, I mean Terry Taylor. I mean people need to really delve into just like the ultimate stooge. It is like yeah. for for TNA for the WWE. It, it is. There, I can't. There's not. A, I mean, Eric Bischoff saying things about him from WCW. Boy, he. I mean, his his stoogedom is more popular than his wrestling. Apparently, when yeah. he wrestles, it's it's something. I don't know. Yeah, there's a video on YouTube where Jim Cornette talks about that, and that gives you everything you oh. need to know. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! Um, God damn. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> Terry Taylor, goddamn stooge. Um, by the way, I, I have to point this out because I can't move on if I don't. So, I <sighs> wrestling to me, even in twenty nineteen, has to have genuine moments. Right. <sighs> Rhea Ripley. If you go back and watch it. And there's a lot of clips on WWE, uh, um, the Twitter WWE or WWE.com. <sighs> there is the celebration where all like half the fans are in the ring celebrating with Rhea Ripley. And all you see at the bottom of the ring at the apron is the referee and a couple of producers telling the fans how to celebrate. Go back and watch it. It's on it's on um, the WWE Twitter, and it's like the referee that was in that match, and a couple other people are on the are at the on the floor, telling people to raise their hands and to celebrate. I'm like, are you serious? Could you imagine that when Dusty Rhodes won the championship and he invited the fans in, and that there's uh, someone at the bottom saying, "Hey, raise your hands now and and celebrate." Real, I mean, come on, man. The, the celebration cannot be choreographed. Now, I thought it was weird that when all those people came in, they were in there, but they didn't just genuinely, like, celebrate. It had to be uh, choreographed, and it's so strange. I'm glad that you brought that up because when I was um, done watching NXT this week, it was like 2.30 in the morning, so I just watched the celebration and left it off at that. I wasn't really looking for that, so I'm glad you got to see that video Man, that's not good. Can you picture if back in ECW when they were celebrating in the ring and in the ring collapsed that somebody in the back was producing them? Hey, here's here's what's gonna happen when the ring fell when the ring falls, you know? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. If 
Should I send this to you? So you've seen this, right? So you've seen this video because I was going to send it to you. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to send this to you. And okay. I want I want to I'm gonna send this to you in the DM on on uh, Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Okay, and we're we're gonna do this in real time, pal. You're gonna you're gonna see this. I just sent it to you. Case, tell me tell me when you've seen it. Yeah. By the way, folks, uh, I am on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. If you want to see what I'm up to, check out the articles at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Um. All right, I got it right here. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you for the the drop in there, Jr. You gotta promote your your barbecue while you're on the air. Thank you. Hey man, I, I know we're about to talk about AEW, so I wanted to drop that in there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't forget the song. It's got great mustard while the match is going on. What the okay. fuck? So you had the little, you had, you had the girl in the corner right there the, with the headset. That's not good. Okay, so you see this, right? So you see what I'm saying, right? Uh huh. Do you see the referee? I gotta go back and look at it again, but do you see like the referee? Go back to now again. Go to WWE people. Go to the. It's called Mosh Kid, a Mosh Pit Kid Champion. This was on December eighteenth. 9.16 p.m. It's a tweet from the WWE. It's 50 seconds. Look at the look at like 15 seconds into the clip. The referee is telling the uh, the fans to jump up and down at 15 right. seconds. Do you see this? I, I also see the referee telling the fans to bring her to the corner. Um, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? By the way, I, I, I noticed a little some of the guys there are never on the show like Eric Bukehagen that random karaoke oh I see him there yeah because that got over ah! that, that, that 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 really got over didn't it that that went over as much as the the librarians did <laughs> uh, man, I mean look I mean look at this I'm looking at it again like the, the, it's, you need producers to tell fans how to celebrate that's just unbelievable. I didn't like that. Uh, but no, but I'm happy for Rhea Ripley. But uh, if you didn't notice that, then that shouldn't spoil it because you already saw how great it was for Rhea Ripley to win the championship. But I just, that's just weird. <laughs> you shouldn't have to have, you shouldn't need instruction on how to celebrate. Just celebrate. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not into politics, by the way, but I, I wonder how like the producers are telling the uh, political candidates how to react uh, if there's like producers in these debates and they're trying to tell them, have this facial expression, have that facial expression. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, that, that that's political aids, pal. Haven't you seen the show Veep? Have you ever seen yeah. that? I mean, so that that teaches you everything you need to know. Absolutely. Um, for AW Dynamite taking place from Corpus Christi, I will say that I have seen shows from Corpus Christi before. It's the hottest crowd ever at Corpus Christi that I've seen on television because. It's usually, for whatever reason, when WWE goes there, when other um, when uh, WCW went there back in the day, kind of a sleepy crowd, but that but that one was on fire. That, that's one thing for sure. These whatever you say about AEW, the crowds, especially in the main sections, are into this event every time that they come in town. Yeah, uh, here's what I'm gonna say. I've heard loud crowds in the Impact Zone too. If your show and your content in the ring doesn't justify the crowd audience that you have in that building, it doesn't matter. What? what so what are you saying there? 
I've seen you have loud reactions in live house, uh, a loud house, but what? <laughs> there's there's like a cool down period in during these matches and some stuff that goes on with the show where, like, yeah, you know, the AEW fans are going to cheer for anything that's happening to AEW because the new thing in town, but it, it's it's kind of off at times too. It's like, I, I'm, it's hard to explain, but I, I don't know. It, it, I wasn't feeling this show this week. I wasn't. There's stuff on the show that clicked and some good matches here and there, but overall, just the overall vibe of that show is just off to me. I think that's every week with this show, that sometimes there's things that, that are not working. Like, here, here's here's the one thing I know about AEW. One thing I know about AEW is, is that with them being, what, 12, 13 weeks old, that there's there's some things that are a misstep and some things that do work. I'll, I'll give you an example of the things. I'll give you, you talk about a cool down, right? So, yeah. so we talk about what happened with, Jericho and Jungle Boy, and that is as old school as as old school when it comes to wrestling. I bet right. you can't last ten minutes in the ring with me. That's an old like Jerry Lawler Memphis thing. That is an NWA thing. I bet you cannot last ten minutes in the ring with me. And Jungle Boy proved that he could stay in there for ten, or maybe I guess thirteen minutes uh, with yeah. Chris Jericho. That that's that's just making a young roster. Um, that worked. But then you're gonna have to have what. Vince calls a let me up because after that and that's that you know explosion or that happiness for Jungle Boy you got to put in Chris Statlander against Britt Baker <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean <laughs> you had no other choice like there there is nothing right. else like you can't you can't put the young bucks after that because now you gotta you know there's more time so there's ebbs and flows with this show and it's it's the growing pains of a of a of a new company absolutely well here's my bigger point. You know how you mentioned before that's never usually a good thing from a traditional standpoint to start your show with two tag team matches? Correct. Here's the other issue. Neither of those matches had a worthy hot tag that got the crowd into it. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade can't decide whether they want to be in the ring or not. <laughs> I can say the same thing about the Lucha Brothers, too. I mean, it's just odd at times with how they uh, structure their tag matches for crowd reactions. That That's where I was getting with with that. Yeah, well, here's here's what I look at, and that's been a problem for me in the first 12, 13 weeks. So the Lucha Brothers have to... It, 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 if they're going to be heels, first of all, I don't know if they're babyface or heels. I, I imagine they're babyfaces. But if they were heels, here's what would here's how I would book it. Well, we're from um, Lucha Libre, so right. every time we wrestle, it's Lucha Libre rules. Cool. At least I know, right? Because right. because even Chris Jericho said on Conan's podcast, like I was on their ass for not. You know, uh, adhering to tag team rules, you just can't come in and out and be in the ring for twenty minutes at a time. You, there's tag team rules, and the Lucha Brothers are used to just being in AAA and in other places in Mexico where you just come in and out of the ring when you want to. Well, that's a disconnect to an American audience, and so and and by the way, Omega and Page did the same thing, just staying in the ring. Like you know, you cannot accentuate and put over your officiating. Which is something that shouldn't be, by the way. But since you're going to talk about the referees so often, you can't talk about them and not have them do their job. That's tough. 
Oh, uh, here, here's the thing. I, the referee also missed three tags in the uh, Butcher and the Blade match. <laughs> right in front of it, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was distracted by the bunny. What was going on with Cody Rhodes and stuff? Like, <laughs> that's not good. No, it's not. But it's it. Listen, I would ignore it if they ignored it. Right. <laughs> See, because I mean, it, WWE's got got shitty officiating sometimes too. But they don't they don't talk about it unless it's something that like you know Corey will will mention in the broadcast or whatever that they're trying to make a point of. But I mean, the thing is, you can't put your officiating over and and so much and then see those mistakes. That's a double down. <laughs> These yeah. officials are great. I mean, they they're doing their job. Well, not really, not really. I I, I, I found it funny that um, Jr. during the like first five minutes of the uh, Kenny Omega uh, Hangman Page match with the Lucha Brothers, like, man, this is good. Like trying to like tell everybody like this is a good match. I wrote that down <laughs> too. I wrote that down. That's good pro wrestling. That's good pro wrestling. This is a good match. <laughs> you, you, I mean, well, here, here's the thing. I think the, I think the audience and the people watching at home can figure it out if it was a good match. I don't need you to tell me it's a good match. That's that was just, you know, you're now now are you broadcasting? Or are you a fan in this in the arena? You know, when you're in that spot, because it's like when he says, and I wrote it down. And that's good pro wrestling. Well, here if you are part of AEW, don't you want? Don't you think all of it's good pro wrestling or just this match? Right. <laughs> so, you know, so, that's good pro wrestling. Yeah? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. Pro wrestling. Um, what'd you think? I, I love, Go ahead. I love, one of the, I love one of the transition spots where JR is like, Jungle Jack, Jungle Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, whatever the hell you want to call him. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, it's brutal. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. I, I would if I was if I was Jungle Boy, I would pull Jim to the side and said, "Look, you're messing me up, man. I like you're you're supposed to be able to try to get me over, and you can't even say my." I would tell him, "Like I wouldn't be afraid. Like you are messing me up. You if you can't if you're not gonna call me just Jungle Boy like everybody else does, and if you want to call me Jungle Boy Jack Perry, if that's too much for you to say, just call me Jungle." Or just call me Jungle Boy, but you can't give me all these different names because you're messing me up. And then Jim, yeah. I think, would straighten it out. Um, I thought that the Lucha Brothers uh, Kenny Omega page match was good, not great. Um, yeah. I, I think it, that match was set up to really kind of tell you more about the relationship between Omega and Page. Um, does that mean that uh, that Page becomes a heel at some point? I don't know, but it. Um, I think this kind of that told the story about exactly what those two will be up to in 2020. There's something floating around about Hangman Page possibly joining the Dark Order. I don't want to get into that right now because <laughs> we, we got to get to that at, at the end of the AEW <laughs> portion. Sure. Um, the Butcher and the Blade. Um, somebody tell, please somebody tell JR which which one's which. Um, yeah. <laughs> God almighty. Uh, against Darby Look Allen, Cody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Look at the ass. Sorry, TSN. Sorry. Um, God, that that's just hor- horrendous. Again, the match was not for butchering the blade. I guess it was in a, a sense, but it's also to try to again push a young guy like Darby Allen and let people know in twenty twenty, watch out for this kid. Damn, coffin drop from the from the apron. 
uh, on the butcher, pretty strong. I, I enjoyed the match. Here's the thing: I want to bring this. I want to get your thoughts on this. So usually, uh, when it comes to like Raws and Smackdowns, you'll see like repeated matches, and you know we'll get into like the fifty-fifty booking conversation, right? Here's the thing: Butcher and Blade win this week. They lose. Uh, they won last week. They won this week. But nobody brings it up about 50-50 booking. Well, right. That would be 50-50. <laughs> right? Um, there's no doubt about that. I, I have no issue seeing Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen again. But this is the company that's talking about wins and loss wins and loss matter and that we're not going to do booking like WWE. <laughs> I, I can't be the only one that points this stuff out. We can't have double standards here, man. I just, well, if to avoid 50-50 booking... Butcher and the Blade would have taken on Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes, or that would have been, to me that would have been a DQ finish with MJM uh, with MJF uh, rolling into the match. That's what right. I would have done. Yeah, yeah. Um, because even if Butcher and Blade lose by disqualification, it keeps their heat instead of them losing to Cody and Darby Allen. But that's just me. Um, so as I mentioned, I thought that Jungle Boy being out there, and again, as I mentioned, that match we just talked about helped Darby Allen more so than anything else. And by the way, the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny that works for me. But in in the old school, in the traditional sense, they get a six week build to show how strong they are, how good that tag team is, instead of right. them just rolling in, winning one week, losing the next. So I mean that I that look of that tag team works for me. I like the tag team. Uh, I'm I'm partially biased with, with, with what I'm about to say next, but I would like to see uh, Silas Young as the butcher. But oh yeah, that will work too. But uh, Andy Williams, the guy who plays the butcher, he does a good job as well. So I like their tag team. Yeah, I I think I, the look the look gets you first, right? That's the first thing when they come to the ring. It's like, okay, who are these people? What's up with these these three? Um, yes, it looked like a tag team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, they looked together, didn't they? Yeah. Where tag team wrestling matters. Um, let's go. <laughs> no, I, and again, it's a good point by you. As, an, as me as an old schooler, no, you don't put two tag team matches back to back. That You don't do that. Um, I told Mark Henry that um, when I worked with him. He agreed that even in 2019, you don't do that. Um the um the Christopher Daniels backing down from a challenge because it's <laughs> I didn't expect for the Lucha Brothers to be trolls and holding up on their phone the botch from Christopher Daniels. Oh God! <laughs> I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect a, another wrestler to do that to another wrestler, but the the botch holding it up and Christopher Daniels feeling bad—that's interesting. Um, oh, man. So, so uh, here's what I need to see in 2020. Here's what I need to okay. see. I need to see if Britt Baker is going to be over or not. I'm not going to make a judgment yet, Josh, because of the competition. That match against Chris Statlander was a little long. I think that Chris Statlander can be good. Um... But again, she's is so is so fresh and so you know I I don't know I I just think that Britt Baker if she's gonna get over I need to see if that's gonna happen is she gonna have a breakthrough in twenty twenty or not, right? And there's kind of like a cloud hovering over this division with this nightmare collective thing, I, I 
I don't know if it's gonna help the division down the road if more members join this group. By the way, there's like three different entities and people trying to join different groups: the Dark Order, the Nightmare Collective, um, the Elite, or the Inner Circle. Like <laughs> either people are joining groups or people are eventually gonna turn heel on each other. You know, <laughs> that's something I've been noticing with AEW so far. But um, I, I like Britt Baker. I, I enjoy her as a wrestler. Uh, the little sit-down interview uh, that she had before her match would beat Prisley at full gear, I thought it was really good. So, obviously, she could talk. Uh, yes, we, we don't have to be reminded every week that she's a doctor or a dentist. <laughs> we know that already. But um, uh, I like her, and I think she has the opportunity to be over. We'll just see if it actually happens. Um, I like Chris Statlander. Uh, speaking of her, she had a really good match with uh, with B Priestley on AEW Dark this week, which was probably the best AEW women's match that I've seen so far this year. And um, you know, I I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is it kind of early for Chris Statlander to get the title shot against Riho? It is too early. It it is too early. But you know. Uh... Somebody's gonna get over in that match. I don't. I, I and I don't know who it is yet. I guess it's. I guess it's Rio. Um, but they put a, a. They put some dynamite up her backside for her to be in this match against Rio, who has been missing in action for weeks now. Uh, and by the way, I have not missed her. Um, they can. They can change that. They can switch that title anytime. But you got to get Bit Breaker. Uh, Bit Breaker hot. Yes. Britt Baker needs to get hot. If that's going to be your future champion, get her hot, man. So get her get her on a winning streak. After the stat ladder thing, if Britt Baker is your future, do what AEW do what um, the NXT has done. Do what the WWE has done. Get some wrestlers hot. Put them in a championship match, and you know, get them um, to be a champion. It has to happen sometime soon. Right. I mean, even look at what's going on on NXT UK right now with Piper Niven. Yes. Like, it's on her background story, and she's about to get a title shot uh, for TakeOver Blackpool in a few weeks. So, uh, I know Timmy Strong came around. It's going to be a triple threat match, but, you know, still, you can find ways to tell stories of these women in the division, and you can get people invested into them, and then, uh, obviously, you get cool title matches out of it. All right, um, SCU defeating the Young Bucks. Um, you know, good match. I was very, uh, very good for a main event. Um, Young Bucks losing a lot more than I thought they would with this AEW company. Um, uh, but I, what I, I need to see these two teams more often. Um, because there are four veterans in there, and they they know exactly what to do. They know the angles. Uh, I like to see them in there actually a little bit more. I I, I like the match. What bothers me is that you have a tag title match where if you knew that SU was going to win, why why cut it short for that and cut it short for the Dark Order? How would you you end AEW? I ended with that match. There's no reason for you to have your show be the final show of 2019 and end with the Dark Order. They're, that group is not interesting. I know they did a beat down and a reveal of John Silver and Alex Reynolds to close your 2019 as them joined the group does nothing <laughs> for anybody that was in that ring. Cool. You, you had 14 guys beat up uh, two tag teams. Awesome. <laughs> it, it didn't accomplish anything. 
Well, here's what I would say about the Dark Order. I, and it goes back to what I said to you weeks ago. They, they, the AEW did this backwards where you just kind of threw the Dark Order in as a tag team but didn't explain what they were. And right. so now you're booking backwards by having vignettes, vignettes, interruptions, and now you're explaining now in tw- at the end of 2019 what the Dark Order is. This should have been a build all the way up to where we saw on Wednesday night. Now, here's the number one thing about the Dark Order. Here's the number one thing, and, he- and, and I think th- it makes sense in my head. So there was about 100 guys in the ring beating up on AEW wrestlers. So how do you get a how do you get around getting you know beating down the dark order? It's more than just like the the main guy with the microphone, evil Uno and Stu Grayson. If there's a hundred guys, how do you actually beat the dark order when you have so many guys that are these creepers? Right. <laughs> See, it's it's, it's uh, not now, even example. It's not the NWO, right? It's not like well, if we beat if we beat Nash and Hall. And six, uh, and Hogan. Then it's those four. We got them. This is the original NWO. If we beat those four, then we got it. So when you when you beat the Dark Order, isn't there seventeen hundred other guys you got to go past to try to you know completely defeat the Dark Order? That's the question. Or like the Dungeon of Doom. Well, right. Or- Right, like if you if you beat Kevin Sullivan and the Zodiac and Kamala and one one man gang whatever, then you've got them. Then that then that's the that's it. But when you've got like seventeen hundred creepers in there along with Uno and Stu Grayson and um, Silver and Reynolds, isn't there more? Here's here's the comparison I would make to it. It's a even downgraded version of nexus <laughs> that's uh, why do you say that um well i think originally nexus was over and you had the interesting characters in that group like way barrett right like yeah. he was he was the leader of that group now you have you know uno who's the main guy talking and then you have that one random I, by the way who's the name of the guy who talks during these vignettes Evil Uno. No, not Uno. I'm talking about the guy that doesn't have the mask. You know how they do those uh, telegram ads of the Dark Order? Um, that's not Stu Grayson. I don't know. Yeah, who is that guy? That, that's that's my point. I don't oh. know who is that. Oh, who's Stu Grayson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you would think the guy that doesn't have the mask is the guy that would be the talker, and he's not. I don't know who Stu Grayson is. No. All right. So. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> so I look at, like, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, like how Michael Tarver and uh, <laughs> Gary Young were. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Michael Tarver. Yeah, I forgot that he was in Nexus. That's right. Yeah, a couple of guys that were just hanging on and they just became part of the Nexus. Yes. Oh, That's man. funny. No, no, it's it's... As I said, it would be over if you would have started this way. But then again, with these creepers, it makes it off balanced. Now it looks like the 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 NWO. Now you got twenty five members, but but again, a bunch of guys in masks. You don't even know if they're really wrestlers or not. It's just creepers. So how does this how does this get better? And by the way, 
for um, it, it gets redundant when you have, as you mentioned, too many dark factions. It's not just factions, dark factions. It's all it's kind of the same, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the, the collective and the dark order and aren't they the two of the same? Don't we mention it every single week that there's a gazillion heels on Raw and SmackDown and there's not enough baby faces? Yeah. <laughs> Who who's the baby faces in AEW? I mean, Kenny Omega off a of reputation even though he's in the big card role right now, like <laughs> Well, like like Jungle Boy, the Young Bucks, uh Kenny Omega, John Moxley, and then you know, and the, obviously Cody Rhodes is Cody is the biggest baby face. And by the way, can I just say this as a match I want to see in twenty twenty, my Bye. friend? I believe, I believe that Jake Hager, there's money in Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes, or Lucha or Luchasaurus and um. Luchasaurus and Jake Hager. There's there's some money in the in those big guys. I think. Yeah, that would be a pretty good Haas match. I I totally agree with that. There's some money in that. We don't see Dustin Rhodes in the. I'm not, we don't have to see Dustin Rhodes every every week. But I just I think there's some fire there with some of the big guys that he can wrestle. Nah, damn, Peril. Um. Yes. No. Am I wrong? No, I, I agree. I, I would like to see that. And here's the thing. I think Dustin is um, holding uh, hold us up to a pretty good standard so far with his matches recently. So, like, I, I wouldn't say it would be a bad program or a match that you could do at Revolution. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think it would be a good match. Well, uh, and you said you're going to go to NX. Um, sorry, you're going to go to AEW coming up uh, when they come to the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait for you to t- talk to Tony Khan about his use of the uh, of of being doing the uh, Stone Cold Stunner. That'll be uh, great. Jacksonville Dixie in town, man. Oh, that's see. <laughs> I can't wait for you to tell that. Say that to his face. I can't wait for that. That's going to be great, sir. I am not going to be part of the media scrum that's looking for jobs for AEW. <laughs> Wow, wow, what a shot. Wow, look at that. Heel Josh is coming out, everybody. <laughs> Heel Josh. Um, anything else about these two shows that stood out? I was kind of surprised that we didn't hear any comments from John Moxley. Um, maybe, it was, maybe it was a good choice that he wasn't on the show. I'm not sure. Uh, I know Jericho had that little... Uh, promo after his match with Jungle Boy uh, saying that, you know, Moxley will wait to New Year's to get your decision. So that part was fine. Maybe it's just me. I just wanted to see John Moxley do something on the show. Would have been the last show of 2019, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's a it's a company that's going to go through some growing pains. I, I always go back to the old school with this. I remember, I remember when Ole Anderson and the NWA opened up a Chattanooga territory, right? Yeah. So there, it, that's on YouTube, I think, someplace. Jim Cornette had his faction. Josh, they had ten guys. They had ten people as a roster. So you know, and it, for an hour show called by Michael St. John, and so <laughs> they had ten wrestlers. So you know what that means, right? That means a single match, a tag team match, and a six man tag team match all in the same hour. And they had to, and they had to, they had to switch those guys the following week. And then the following week, 
It just, right. it, but they had to try to come up with something innovative because it was a new Chattanooga territory. They just got TV. It's brand new. And so they didn't know exactly what to do. I think same thing with AEW. They have some components. They just have to get the ship on the road. There's a lot of things that's really good about AEW and some things that need to get better. But I don't expect it to be perfect right out of the box, just like Chattanooga back in the day. I just hope that they don't get to the point where they're like New Japan, where their undercard is five taxi because they have nothing else, you know. It's just it's got the bookings just got to be better and get get like where where's Private Party been? I know they were on uh, as you wrote about on Pro Wrestling Transcriptions, they were on AEW Dark, but you know wrestlers like that you want to see more often. So. Yeah, I got I got Isaiah Cassidy squealing every week on AEW Dark. I know it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, but this is what it is, man. You got three hours of television to try to produce, and the majority of your roster are indie guys. That's why. That's the difference. Now you want to know the difference between the territory days and now. There's your difference. These guys are wrestling maybe once, twice a week. A lot of them just once a week. So they're not plying their trade like our territory wrestler that would go from place to place wrestling four and five times a night getting better. That's another thing, too. And same thing NXT. NXT. NXT has, what, like one house show a week maybe? And, the, yeah. and, and some of those people don't even get on the card. They're wrestling at the, the Performance Center. And then they get on NXT TV, and it's kind of – it's not awful, but it's a little rough. It's not – the timing's not down yet. There's your difference, man. You, 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 you don't have enough shows on the road to get better. And so that's a problem with both companies, I see. And that's just from my trained pro wrestling fan eye. You can see yeah. the difference. But, I mean, that's, this is where we are in 2019. It'll get better for both companies. So that's, that's I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, it's not like the, uh, the young Steve Austin and – um, me, and Mark Callis, working seven days a week, twice on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it, 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 like the old. It's not even that old school. It's just kind of like, how do I get better in the ring? It, you can't do it in the gym. You gotta get out there in front of a live audience and and get it done. Even those independent guys in AEW, they only were doing it like once a week. The most of their bookings would always be on around WrestleMania weekend, where they're wrestling. You know. You know like five times within WrestleMania weekend, maybe three times on one day. Um, yeah. But that you, you don't get better by waiting for Wednesday to get in the ring. you got to be able to do it more often. More house shows. Even if it's in a high school gym, you need that mat time in front of fans. So it's that, yeah, that, just, that's got to get better. Well, let's correlate to football. You know, even if you're a young player in the NFL, you need to have those reps reps in the preseason yeah yeah absolutely absolutely I, I i just don't know what the pro wrestling fan wants in 2019 when they see aw or if they see mid-card people in nxt and they're like ah they're not over oh uh, that wasn't a great match oh that was a botch oh that was a misstep oh the timing was bad on that well what do you expect what do you expect it, it, it it's it's not ever going to be perfect Every right. match is not going to be perfect. But if you had more time to work on stuff, if you had a, a, something that you know is nothing but the mid-card for AEW or NXT, and but you'd work on it for you know four or five days a week in front of an audience, now once you get on TV, it's crisp. You don't, you're not missing that spot. So it, yeah. it's just it, – it, that's that has to – hopefully for both companies, there's more house shows – 
So that way, the mid-card wrestlers are even more over. That's what I'm saying. No, I, I agree with you. And here's the thing. I agree with you. I don't, I'm not expecting either NXT or AEW to be perfect in the ring. But here's the one difference. And the one thing I will say, NXT has a better flow from a viewing point of view because the commentators makes the viewing experience enjoyable and you actually have a flow of what's being told in the ring story. Correct. That's absolutely. And on the other side, selling a barbecue sauce. And trying to figure out if he's offending somebody. And by the way, kids, if you have to ask someone if you're offending someone, you're probably offending someone. <laughs> that, that's that old oh I don't mean to offend you but I'm gonna offend you <laughs> you're right Josh Josh you know what and you know what I've, I've learned about working with you you're you're, mo- mo- you're mostly right especially uh, you especially when I talk <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm not gonna pull the Tommaso champ but pat myself on <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. That's where you go to support Josh. Uh, and if you, there's a show that you missed, it the it's transcribed. Uh, WWE's NXT UK, their last show. And I'm, and by the way, I'm two weeks behind on that. I got to go back and watch that. That's one of my favorite shows. Uh, a breakdown of NXT, uh, the results from NXT, uh, as well as AEW Dynamite, Impact Wrestling with Rich Swannett and uh, Ethan Page, and so much more on ProWrestling transcriptions.com and don't forget the hoots podcast what's on that right now yes sir i i there's a meme floating around on twitter where they had the mcmahon family in the ring and they have to catch in we're going to give the fans what they want i talked about that in detail on on the podcast this week and kind of reflect on what WWE actually did give the audience this week uh this year and also talk about that double-edged sword where you try to figure out what the fans actually want because it's so flippy floppy every single week it's one thing we like this wrestler two months later we hate this wrestler and he needs to be turned to a good guy or a heel you know so um I, I talked about that. I recapped uh, NWA Into the Fire, which was a really fun pay-per-view, in my opinion, for this past Saturday night. And uh, talked about Marty Scroll joining the NWA. And uh, I also recapped the shows we talked about today here on AEW and NXT. All right, there it is on the Hoots podcast. Uh, you hear a little of uh, Josh Pritchard apologizing for the WWE. Look forward to that uh, on the Hoots <laughs> <laughs> on the Hoots podcast, but will Josh Pritchard make an uh, appearance or not? Will 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 he be there or no? Well, you know, there it uh, is. See, there it is. He'll be there. All right. Uh, we hope that you have a, a great holiday. Thanks so much for uh, in taking part of. Uh, Hood and Lopez on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, as we do this twice a week now. On the 24th of December, Josh and I will break down our favorite champions in wrestling for 2019. Josh, happy holidays to you, man. Happy holidays to you, my brother. Uh, you, you're the man. I appreciate this opportunity as always. And we're going to have a fun time in 2020. There's so many like big pay-per-views coming up in the next up that we got to talk about too with NXT UK and Worlds Collide. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fun time. I want to thank everybody who's enjoyed Hood and Lopez and join the TWT tribe. And include, and also, don't forget the Hoots podcast. Check it out. Uh, listen to Josh and his thoughts on the Hoots podcast wherever you download your podcast. Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, happy holidays to you. And join us on the 24th as we break down the best champions 
of professional wrestling. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here where you download your podcast. Thanks for listening.